Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. I receive it. Praise the Lord. I'm so grateful for uh, all of you here uh, today and uh, so thankful for the Lord's presence here with us and uh, so grateful and thankful uh, for uh, Bishop Mike and Miss Karen uh, visiting with us this morning. Uh, we love you guys. are so honored when you uh, can come and be with us, so thank you so much. Um, what I'd like to uh, do this morning is to... Is, uh, to uh, and 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 for several Sundays uh, would be um, to to talk about uh, living led by the Holy Spirit, uh, spirit led uh, living, being spirit led, uh, the Holy Spirit influencing uh, the direction that our lives are are going uh, in. I know I know we've we've talked about this in in certain circles and a little bit. On Sunday mornings, but um, just a just a good time to really uh, focus in uh, on uh, on allowing the Holy Spirit uh, to lead our lives. Uh, when you when you look at the first church uh, in the Book of Acts, uh, I think you clearly see uh, two two things uh, that we still need today as as the now church and uh, and and it's this that that the uh, that the first church was clearly spirit led they were led by the holy spirit uh, and uh, and the holy scriptures you know I, i've kind of looked at it this way that they that they took the the holy scriptures as their comp, as their compass uh, or uh, you know, for all you young people who may not know what a compass is, like maybe their their GPS, they took the the Holy Scriptures as their as their GPS, their their compass, and the Holy Spirit uh, was their guide. And because they allowed the the Holy Spirit to be their guide and the Holy Scriptures as their compass, then they were able to navigate. The, the very difficult, uncertain, unknown, filled with enemies terrain of the future. I mean, think about what they were, what they were facing. For one thing, they were the first. They're, they were the, there, there wasn't any, anyone to look back on and see how they did it. They were the, they were the first ones. And, and then they had this impossible uh, mission of proclaiming the good news that Jesus saves. How many of you know that Jesus saves? And that that is good news. And they had the mission of, of proclaiming that uh, to, to the world. Not only to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, but to the uttermost parts of the world. And, and so they had you know, that impossible task of doing that. And then, and then they would face 
persecution, not only from the Gentiles, but also from the Jews. And not only, not only all of that, uh, but, uh, but then there was the, the non-stop opposition warfare uh, with our enemy, the devil. And, and then on top of all that, they had to do it together. And we know how challenging togetherness and unity uh, can be. You know, get a, get a whole bunch of unperfect people together uh, and, uh, and, and hope that they unite and move together in the same direction. All of these things are incredibly uh, challenging, and yet the church was able to uh, navigate and, 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 uh, and not only survive, but thrive and, and flourish and fulfill their mission of taking the, the good news of Jesus to the nations, to the world. Aren't we glad they did? Because here we are transformed by it, saved and, and, and sanctified and, and free. And, uh, and it's glorious, isn't it, to be the children of God. So grateful that the first church took the Holy Scriptures as their compass and the Holy Spirit as their guide and navigated and, and thrived, flourished, and proclaimed the gospel of Jesus' name. And we, the now church, we need the Holy Scriptures as our compass and the Holy Spirit as our guide. We need to be led by the Spirit. We know we're facing a challenging future. We know it's full of unknown, of the unknown. We know we still have an enemy. Uh, you, know, you know, if you give the devil anything, you got to give him that he perseveres and he doesn't give up. I'm not giving the devil anything. But I'm just telling you that he's still against us today. That we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we certainly do fight our adversary, uh, the enemy. There, we, have, we have a very difficult uh, terrain ahead of us, and, and, it, and it's filled with enemies and the unknown, but, but we can navigate it and not just survive it, but flourish and thrive and, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus' name, succeed at our mission, because we, we still have the Holy Scriptures as a compass and the Holy Spirit as our guide. I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I, I just asked them, what, what's your compass? And they, they started talking to me about, about their feelings and their heart and, and all that. And I was like, whoa, man, that's, that ain't good. Feelings and heart lead you astray. We have a compass that is the Holy Scriptures. And let me just say, I, I want to focus on the leading of the Holy Spirit. But let me just say about the Holy Scriptures just for a moment that this is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and it has not gone out. This light has not darkened or dimmed or faded. It is as bright and relevant today as it ever has been. And it was in the past a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and we haven't evolved out of that. We haven't technologied our way out of that. The Word of God is still a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And if you don't have it, I don't care what kind of education you have or technology you possess or GPS that's in your phone, you're walking around in darkness. It still shines bright. It's still a relevant light. The Word of God 
and I'll have words with anyone who would disagree. And, you know, in a gentle and kind and, and compassionate, compassionate way. We've got this idea that has even infiltrated the church that this book has aged out, that its batteries have died, that its light has faded and gone out. And I'm telling you, it has not. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It is bright and shining as the sun, and if you will allow it, it will light up your life so that you can see and you'll not stumble and fall into the traps of the enemy. They'll just be right there and you'll be like, come on devil, what? It's right there, plain sight because the word of the Lord is a light and it still shines today. And, and, and if you don't know that, it's probably just because you haven't read it. Because if you read it, it clearly is a lamp and a light that shines. And if you don't have it, if you don't believe it, then you're walking around in darkness. So, so, so think about that. You're, you're moving into the unknown. The future is unknown. You don't know it. You, you don't know. You, you do not know what tomorrow holds. You're moving into the unknown without a lamp or a light and you're moving into it against an enemy who is, who is evil and wicked and desires to destroy you and is deceptive beyond what we understand. And you're moving against that enemy into the unknown and you're going in the dark without, without a light, without a GPS, without a compass. And you don't have to. The Word of God is still a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and we need this as a compass in our lives. But not only do we have the Holy Scriptures, but we also have the Holy Spirit as a guide. And think, think about this. If, you're, if you were to, to go into treacherous terrain, and, and it's dark, and it's filled with enemies who want to destroy you and take you out, would you, would you rather go in alone in the dark or would you rather go in with a light and a lamp and a guide who knows the terrain, knows the enemy, knows the future, and knows how to navigate you through it? I, I want to go with a guide. And we have a guide. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us through very difficult and challenging times. And, and so, so here's the instruction. Let's be led by the Spirit. Let's be, let's be Holy Spirit-led people. And when we look at the first church, that's what we see. We see people who are just allowing the Spirit to lead. And it, and it took them off guard and it surprised them, but they were open to the leading of the Spirit and they went where the Spirit would lead. Now, I know we've, we've talked about that uh, um, and, uh, and, and I know that we know that, um, but, it, but it's more than that we, that we know it. We need, to, we need to make this a reality in our lives. This needs to be a desire uh, in our hearts to where to where we are to where we're looking and saying you know what you know that's right and i do need 
the future's unknown and it's dark and it's filled with enemies and I, I do need a guide and I have one, the help of the Holy Spirit in my life to lead me and guide me and I need that and, and I want that. So, so then we begin to ask the questions, what can I do in order to, to help me be more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in order to allow the the, to, in order to, to hear more clearly and, and for this to happen more naturally and, and freely in my life. You know, I, I feel like, personally, that, that as I have grown and matured, hopefully in Christ, that one of the things that has happened is that I have, I have I'm, I'm more easily spirit-led now than I was. I'm, I'm better at it, maybe. I'm not great at it, not I'm like Paul, you know, not that I've obtained this, but one thing, one thing we want to do is press on in order to obtain it and become mature and become better at it. Certainly not where I want to be, but I want to grow in that direction of being led by the Holy Spirit to where, to where the Spirit, in, in, in moments where I'm not even, you know, even thinking about that, I'm just about my day doing my things, can interrupt, change my plans, and lead me in a direction that I didn't expect to go. We see that happening in the, in the first church, and that needs to be happening in our lives as well, to where we are, we are led by the Holy Spirit. So, um, first scripture I want to go to uh, again this morning, I say again this morning because I know we go here to a lot, but let's go to Galatians 5. Um, take a coffee break. We'll start at verse 13. Galatians 5, starting at verse 13. And this reminds us, the reason I want to start here is because Galatians 5 reminds us of this, of this conflict between the spirit and the flesh, the spirit and the sinful nature. So we see here that, that we should be led by the spirit but that we can also be led by the sinful nature and, and also be led by the flesh, and that that is not what we want. We don't want to be led by the flesh. We don't want to be led by the sinful nature. Uh, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. See, there uh, is, is this instruction you know, right off the bat that, that we can be led by the flesh. We can indulge the flesh, but we're, we're set free in Christ, but it's not a freedom to indulge the flesh. You, you know, maybe we need to think about it like this, that, that we were sinners. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We were, we were sinners, and in Christ Jesus we have been set free from sin. Not set free to sin. We've been freed from sin so that we're not sinners. We've not been freed to be sinners. Use your freedom. Don't, don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Then 15 says this, but if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I wanted to read that just to point out to you that, that, the, that the, the Spirit is going to lead us to humbly love and serve one another. Um, 
the flesh is going to lead us to bite and devour and destroy one another. So, so if we indulge the flesh, indulge like, like in our marriages, like in my marriage between Joy and I, if I'm spirit-led in my marriage, then the, the Holy Spirit's going to lead me to humbly love and serve my wife. And that's going to build uh, unity and, and life in our marriage, and it's going to encourage her and build her up and, and, and lead her uh, and, and build her to become the, the woman of God that God has called her to be. But if I, if I allow the sinful, fleshly nature to lead and I indulge that, instead of indulging the Spirit, uh, then, then the, my sinful nature is going to lead me to, to bite and devour and to destroy. It's going to bring destruction. So, so the Spirit brings life. The flesh, sinful nature is going to bring destruction. We want life, not destruction. Uh, the enemy comes to destroy. Jesus came for life. Verse 16. So, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So, you know, what we've been saying all this time uh, right here is just easily said uh, in verse 16. You know, so, so let's walk by the Spirit. Let's live by the Spirit. Uh, Galatians 5 is going to go on to say that we are to... That, that since we are in Christ, we are to keep in step with the Spirit. And if we do, we'll, we'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's do it. Let's, let's walk by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. Will we do it? All right, let's go home. Praise the Lord. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Right there. Um, verse 17. No, I'm just kidding. Mm. I shouldn't do that. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. You see, they're, they're not in agreement. They're in conflict with one another, which is what it says. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not able to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So here again, we see that, that we are to be led by the Holy Spirit. Spirit and not led by the flesh. We are to indulge the Holy Spirit, if you will, and not to indulge the sinful nature. Uh, these two are not in agreement. They are in conflict with one another. The Spirit's going to lead us in the direction of abundant life. The flesh is going to be uh, destructive for us and for others as well. So, so we want to be led by the Spirit for our own good, for the good of our relationships, and for the good of the glory of God. We want to be led by the Spirit because the Spirit is going to work for our good, it's going to work for the good of those we love, and it's going to work for the good of God's glory and honor. The flesh, the sinful nature, is going to do the opposite. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work for our harm. It's going to work to bring harm to others. And it's gonna, if we indulge the flesh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring harm to the glory of God. So we don't want to indulge the flesh. We want to indulge the sinful, I mean the, the spirit. We want to be led by the spirit, not led by our sinful nature. Now, uh, another interesting passage of Scripture uh, for this is, uh, is Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, 
Let's go 15 through 18. Speaks to us. Um, it's it's going to talk to us about, about the evil days and, and give this instruction. See here it says, because the days are evil. So you can think about all this is going to be said because the days that we're moving into are challenging. The days that we're moving into are difficult. They're unknown. They're evil. We have an enemy, uh, 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 a destructive uh, uh, culture. And, uh, and so because of all that, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, uh, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We're, we're being careful how uh, we live. Uh, we don't want to be foolish we want to be wise. We want to make the most of every opportunity, and the Holy Spirit will help us do that because the days that we are in and the days that will come are evil. Verse 17, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Such a powerful help to understanding the will of God is to take the Holy Scriptures as a compass, and to, and to take the Holy Spirit as a guide. The Holy Spirit is going to lead us in accordance with God's will. Isn't that what Romans 8 says? It says that, 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 now, that uh, now the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness and prays through us with, with uh, groans that words cannot express, praying through us, the will of God, because the Holy Spirit knows the will of God and prays through us the will of God. So the Holy Spirit is going to lead us in accordance with God's will. And then verse 18 uh, says this. So you got like all this interesting thing saying, and then, and then it seems like this is a strange verse to be put in here. Right here, verse 18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there is this clear instruction here in Scripture to not be drunk on wine. Well, well, why? Because it says being drunk on wine leads to debauchery, and and debauchery is is a uh, is basically it is it is indulging the sinful nature. It is indulging the flesh. It's giving in to my sinful nature. It's allowing myself to be led by the flesh, led by the sinful nature. And, and we, already just, we already said we don't want to do that. We don't want to be led by the sinful nature. We don't want to give in to the sinful nature. So now here Scripture tells us not to get drunk on wine because what getting drunk on wine does is it influences us in the direction of our sinful nature, of our flesh. It empowers the flesh, the sinful nature, so that we give in to it. So that, so that when we're drunk, it's, it's difficult for us to be led by the Spirit, and it's easy for us to be led by the sinful nature, to indulge the sinful nature, right? And all of us know this is true. Um, if we've ever seen anyone who's drunk on wine, uh, they are, they are uh, more apt to be led by the sinful nature and to listen to the flesh and not to listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, you know, so, so we'll pick on drinking a little bit here uh, this morning. Uh, and, and, you know, clearly from Scripture, we're not to get drunk on wine, and, and most everyone uh, agrees uh, with that. But, but we're, we'll pick on drinking a little bit here uh, this morning because it shows us that there are like outside forces in our life 
that can influence us in a negative way to, instead of indulging the Spirit, to indulge the flesh. So then I would also... uh, I would also say that there are, that there are things in our lives that, that can influence us to reject the flesh and the sinful nature and to indulge the Spirit. And what we want is we want to be, is we want to have the things in our lives that are, that are empowering us to live by the Spirit and get the things out of our lives that would empower us to live by the flesh, to live by the sinful nature, uh, to, uh, that, would, that would lead us to debauchery, to give in to the sinful nature, to give in to the, to give in to the flesh. Why? Because, again, if, if you missed it, because the sinful nature of the flesh is going to lead to harm us, to harm our relationships, and, and bring harm to the glory of God. But when we are led and filled with the Spirit, then the Spirit is going to lead us for our good, for the good of our relationships, and, and for the good of God's glory and honor. And, and at some point in time in our journey with Christ, and as we mature as Christians, the, the reason we exist that we live and breathe, our purpose, our everything becomes the glory of God. That as you mature in Christ, you want, you want one thing. You want Him to be exalted, Him to be honored, Him to be glorified, Him to be high and lifted up. And, and everything else dims in comparison. Everything else becomes second to that. You want God to be exalted. I don't, know, I don't know if you're there yet, but as you journey and as you mature, at some point in time, you should come to that place where it's not about me or anything else. It's about Jesus and His glory and His honor, Him being high and lifted up so that all can see, so that He is exalted in every way and, and being led by the Spirit leads us to this and being Drunk with wine does, does not. We'll pick on that. But, but there are many things that can influence us to indulge the Spirit. To, that many things that lead not to, not to abundant life and, and God's glory and honor, but lead to debauchery, to, to indulging the sinful nature and indulging uh, the, the, uh, the flesh that leads to destruction. So now that we've now that we've seen this that that let me just if if I didn't communicate it right, let me just say this again. The spirit brings life, the flesh destroys. So so we want to indulge the spirit, be led by the spirit and not the flesh. And there are things which influence the flesh so that we indulge it, and there are things which influence us to be led by the Spirit so that we indulge the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I, want to share with, I want to share with you one uh, this morning, and, uh, and we'll, we'll get a few more here in, the, uh, here in the coming weeks that are going to help us uh, to be led by the Spirit. And, and, and so I, I want to turn to Acts uh, chapter 10. And here, here in Acts chapter 10, uh, 
we find Peter uh, being led by the Holy Spirit uh, in a a powerful uh, way. And uh, and we'll start at um, at Acts chapter 10. Uh, What did I say, Scott? 9. Acts chapter 10, uh, verse 9. Now, now what has happened uh, up to this point is, is there a man that is named Cornelius and, um, and, and an angel visits him and tells him uh, to, uh, to go to Peter. Uh, and now, now the Lord is going to prepare uh, Peter for this. Now, Cornelius is not an Israelite or a Jew. He's a, uh, he's a Gentile. And, um, and, and so the Lord is still working this, this revelation in Peter uh, of, of the... Uh, of the, of the sanctifying work of the cross, of the blood of Jesus, uh, to not only uh, sanctify, uh, save, change, call, transform, make holy, make gods, the Israelite people, but also the, uh, the Gentile uh, people as well. So this is a really important moment uh, in the church as Peter has incredible influence in the church, and now he's going to make a move uh, towards uh, bringing the gospel to the Gentiles uh, so that they can also be sanctified uh, by, the, by the work of Jesus, by the blood of Christ, uh, as, as the Israelites have been. And this is going to be a challenging you know, thing for Peter. So an angel of the Lord shows up uh, to, uh, to Cornelius and speaks to him uh, to, uh, to go to Peter. And tells him tells him that he'll find Peter staying at Simon's. Uh, he'll find him staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is is by the sea, and uh, and so they so Cornelius uh, makes arrangements to do that. Now God's going to pre- prepare Peter uh, for uh, this this visit. So about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. Uh, he became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven opened up and something like a large sheet being let down to the earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Verse 14, Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or uh, unclean. So, so if, you, if, you, if you remember, uh, the Israelite people uh, had all kinds of eating instructions from the law where, they were, they were, where there were unclean things not to eat and there were clean things that they could eat. And Peter, being a very good, devoted uh, Jewish boy, had never eaten anything impure uh, or, or unclean. And, uh, anybody watching The Chosen? It's such a, it's such a funny scene where, where the disciples are around a campfire and they're talking and Jesus isn't there and they're, they like had this confession time and one of them confesses to eating pork. I, I, ate, I ate pork once, he says, and he says, it was marvelous. It's wonderful. And everybody else is like, oh, I got, you know, shocked. You know, so you can almost see that, you know, see that happening. Yeah, but Peter was shocked. He had never uh, eaten anything impure or unclean. And so, so now he's, he's seeing this, this vision, and in this vision, the Lord is telling him to get up, kill, and eat. And Peter's like, no way, nothing doing. I've never done this. 
There's all kinds of unclean things there, impure and unclean, and I cannot eat those things. So then uh, verse 15, the voice spoke to him a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. It's a powerful, powerful statement that the Lord speaks here to Peter of the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, the sanctifying work of Calvary, the cross, and the blood of Jesus to come to that which is impure and to make it clean, to make it consecrated, to make it sanctified, to make it set apart and holy, consecrated, sanctified for God's work, for God's purpose to change it, shift it, transform it so that it once was unclean and not fit and now is clean and is fit. <clears throat> Hallelujah. He says, don't, don't call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened this happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. How many of you are, how many of you are three times people? Anybody? I don't, I don't know, three times is pretty quick for me. Like sometimes when the Holy Spirit's leading, I'm like a five, six, seven, eight times. I'm like, oh, I do not want to do that. I don't want to do it. But eventually, right, we want to, eventually we want to, no matter how many times it takes, we want to surrender to what God is showing. We want to surrender to how God is speaking. We want to surrender to how God is leading. So, so, so right here, I think we see a very important key uh, to, to being led by the Holy Spirit. And, and it is this, it is to understand that the blood of Jesus sanctifies. And that the work of the Holy Spirit sanctifies and consecrates so that there is change and transformation and something that was impure now becomes pure. And, and according to Scripture here, the sanctifying work of the, blood of, of, the, of the blood of Christ and the new covenant is so powerful that it even goes to the food that is eaten to where these unclean, unpure things have now been consecrated and sanctified so that they can be eaten. Let's look at, if you don't believe me, let's look at uh, 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4, we, we see again the the leading of the, of the Spirit, and, uh, and also that there are other things that lead and, and deceive. Let's read here in verse 1. The Spirit clearly says, most of the time, you know, I don't want to get too off far down the road here, but don't you know when the Spirit speaks, it's usually pretty clear, isn't it? Like you know, this is the Spirit leading. Like I, I was led the other day to, to witness to someone and tell them about Jesus. And I knew that it was clearly the Holy Spirit leading. Right? This isn't Jason. This isn't the devil. This is, this is clearly the Holy Spirit. The, clear, the, the Spirit clearly says. So the Spirit's usually very clear, or always is. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times, 
Some will abandon the faith and follow, see that word follow? Deceiving spirits and things taught by, by demons. These, uh, such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose conscience have been seared with a hot iron. So, so these deceiving spirits and these things taught by demons coming through human uh, teachers uh, are meant to lead us somewhere. They're meant to lead us astray so that we abandon the faith. So, so we, don't want to be, we don't want to be deceived and led astray by these things. This is another reason it's so important that we take the Holy Scriptures as a compass and the Holy Spirit as a guide. If you have the Holy Scriptures as a compass and the Holy Spirit as a guide, then, then you'll see this for what it is and not be led astray by it, you will not abandon the faith. You'll recognize they're hypocrites and liars whose conscience have been seared as with a hot iron. I'm not following that. I'm not, I'm not believing that. I'm not embracing it. Uh, verse 3. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. So, so there's something that has happened in our lives when we believe in Jesus and our faith and trust is in Him and we know the truth. There's this consecrating, sanctifying work. Verse 4, For everything God created is good and nothing to, is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the Word of God and prayer. That, it, that, it's, that it's consecrated by God's Word and it's consecrated by prayer. So, so if, if food is consecrated and sanctified and, and made clean because God said it is, then certainly we who are in Christ Jesus, who have been washed by the blood and filled with the Holy Spirit, are now pure consecrated, sanctified, set apart because God has said we are and because of the work at Calvary and because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you remember what uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, right? That, 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 that God has sanctified us and, and that is continuing to work His sanctifying work in our whole spirit, soul, and body that we, might be, that we might be found whole at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 5, 23. I think, right? 23? No, not Corinthians. Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. So saints, in Christ Jesus, you are consecrated. You are you are sanctified. Sanctified. You are sanctified. You are, you are set apart. No longer who you were. No longer sinful. No longer impure. No longer a child of this world. You are set apart. Holy set apart for God. For His plan. For His purpose. For His work. And, and that revelation and that truth is needed and powerful to help you to be led by the Spirit and to not indulge the flesh 
sinful nature and be led astray by the things of this world because those things are no longer for us because we are now sanctified, holy, chosen children of God. You you are in Christ Jesus declared pure, in Christ Jesus declared holy, in Christ Jesus set apart for the work of the Lord, to serve the Lord, to be a priest in His house, and a king or princess or queen in His kingdom. We are children of God. You remember what, you remember what Revelation, Revelation 1 verse 4 says to us? It says, John to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from, who, from Him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before His throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. He's, he's the firstborn from the dead and He is, and he is King of kings. To Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood. He's he's freed us from our slavery. He's freed us from our impurity. He's freed us from our unworthiness. He has sanctified us and made us holy by His blood. And He has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve His God and Father. To Him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. You see what I was talking about? Where, where it's about the glory of God? That, that in Christ Jesus I am freed and purified and holy and therefore I am made a priest and a king in His house and His kingdom to serve God the Father, and to live with all that I have to bring Him glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And when you recognize that now in Christ Jesus I'm sanctified, and that means life isn't about anything else anymore, it's about God's glory, and that, and that, that means that I am now a king in His kingdom and a priest. And it, most people are like, we accept the priest thing, but we have a hard time with the king thing. But we are, aren't we? We are heirs with Christ Jesus. If he is king, then we are kings. Now, he is king of kings, but we are also in Christ Jesus kings. If you roll over uh, to, uh, to Revelation 19, you will see that we come to rule and reign with Christ. That we are kings and priests. This is very, these are very important. That we recognize in Christ Jesus that we are sanctified, holy. That we recognize who in Christ we are. Kings and priests to serve God and to live for His glory and for His honor. And that revelation changes the way that we live. It changes the things that we will allow into our lives. 
It changes the relationships that we have, the words that we speak, the meditations of our heart, the steps that we take. It impacts everything. This is why the people of God, more than anything else, are not drunk with wine. This is why the people of God, more than anything else, uh, uh, live by Proverbs 21. And, and they know that wine is a mocker and beer a brawler. And those who are led astray by them are not wise. And I'm picking on wine and beer because they are uh, brawlers and mockers. And those who are led astray by them are not wise. But there are other things in our lives that are not for us. They are not for us because we are kings in the kingdom of God and priests in his household. We're sanctified, holy, and set apart, not for us and for our glory, for him and for his glory to serve our God and Father. The holy things of God are to be treated differently and to act differently and to indulge in different things. Not the sinful nature, but the Spirit. Hallelujah. And we see this in, in Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, verse 7. We, we know this as the as the, uh, the virtuous, wise woman of God chapter, but it starts out with an instruction to, to, to the sons of these women. Proverbs 31, verse 1. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his, his mother taught him. Listen, my son, but this is for all the children of God. Listen, my son, listen, son of my womb, listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. He's speaking to a king. It is not for kings. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? It is, it is not for kings. There, there are things that are for kings, and there are things that are not for kings. And when we can recognize the things that are for kings, those things are the things that are going, to, are going to empower us to listen to the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit. And there are things that are not for kings because they empower the flesh, sinful nature that lead to not the glory of God and not the life of others and not the benefit of our own selves. It is not for kings. Uh, the... Uh, you know, some of the other translations, and I, and I like this better. I don't know why the new NIV did this, and I don't like it. It's not for kings. Some of the other translations put like an O right there. It's just better. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. You get the intensity of it. It's like almost an exclamation point before the, before the word. It's not for kings, O Lemuel. Come on, you're a king. And there are things that are not for you. It's not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer. This, this, this is not, you say, well, like, what's wrong with it is the wrong question, right? It's the right question is, who are you? You are, you are sanctified. And as a sanctified, chosen, holy, anointed child of the king 
who has become a king in his kingdom and a priest in his household, there are things that are not for you that will lead you to indulge the sinful nature and not the Holy Spirit and not the spirit nature. And so we don't, we don't run to them or embrace them because they're not for us. It's not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer. Lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. See, see here again we see there are things that, that weaken us and influence us so that we, instead of following the leading of the Holy Spirit, we indulge the flesh. We've got to recognize them and recognize who we are as sanctified children of God and say, that is, that is not for me. You know, maybe this is a good place to, to, to share this line again that I have shared many a times that, that, that says this, others may, but I cannot. Others may, but it is not for me. I am sanctified, set apart, holy. God has spoken and called me pure. He has called me to His purpose. He has made me His child. He has set me as a king in His kingdom and a priest in His household. And there are things that are not for me. Others may, but I cannot. I cannot indulge the sinful nature. I must be led by the Spirit for the glory of God and for His honor. Lest lest they drink and forget. Verse 6. Let beer be for those who are perishing and wine for those who are in anguish. Are are we in Christ perishing? Isn't, isn't Isn't it that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish? Are we, we are not perishing. Are we in anguish? I hope in Christ that we are not. We are not, we are not perishing. We are, we are not in anguish. So, so these things are not for us. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. This is, this is not us. We are kings, queens, sanctified. The thing that will help us to be spirit-led is this revelation that in Christ Jesus I am pure, I am holy, I am worthy, I am called, I am sanctified, others may, I cannot, it is not for kings, there are things that are not for me. Now, now we've picked on wine and beer, and, and we should. It's not for us. It's not for me. Lest I drink and forget who I am and the call of God on my life and the purity that I am to live in, the purpose that I have and the, and the influence that I wield. It is, it is not for me. But you know what else is not for me? Fear is not for me. And, and bitterness is, 
is not for me. And immorality is not for me. Worry is not for me. Anxiety, not for me. Doubt is not for me. Anger is not for me. There are things that influence us in the flesh and there are things that influence us in the Spirit. And as sanctified, holy, chosen, anointed people of God, there are things that are not for us. Others may. I cannot. I will not. I am sanctified. And that revelation is a powerful step in the direction of becoming men and women of God who are filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit like Peter was and so many others before us. The first church was in need of it. The now church is in need of it. If Peter and and Paul needed to be spirit-led, then certainly Jason and Joy need to be spirit-led. Let's pray together. Just bow your heads and close your eyes and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Lord, we are reminded this morning of who we are. I pray this revelation will settle down inside of our hearts that you have spoken to us. You have spoken over us. You have sent your Son for us that we would be pure, holy, worthy, set apart, sanctified, kings in your kingdom, priests in your household, led by your Spirit. This is who we are. This is who we desire to be. We just ask this morning that you would speak this to our hearts, that this Word would get planted inside of us, that it would never leave us, and that we would, that we would begin to live as kings and queens and priests and would say, there are things that are for me there are things that are not for me. Others may, I cannot. Help us to do this, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this morning, if you've not believed in Jesus or confessed Him as Lord and Savior, but today you want to receive His forgiveness and his salvation and make him Lord in your heart and be a sanctified child of the King. I'll just ask you to raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're watching online or listening the podcast and, and you want to just pray and make Jesus the Lord of your life and become a sanctified child of the King. And just, we're going to pray. Just, just pray with us. Everyone just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for my sins to make me holy and pure, yours. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, 
and be my Lord, be my Savior, be my forever passion. Make me your king and your priest and help me to live for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.